0: This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert.
1: It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible, and we do appreciate those of you that are watching at this time. We want to thank those of you who may be looking today at our telecast for the very first time. Thank you for tuning in. And those of you that watch every time we're on there, thank you so very much for your continued support of our program. Now today on our telecast we have a a subject that I believe ought to challenge all of us. Making Christ real in your life. Making Christ real in your life. I hope that you'll stay too. Now today we're offering the free Bible Correspondence Course Thousands of people in the United States, all over the world, as a matter of fact, are studying this Bible course. You say, well, Brother Lambert, I, I've been thinking about ordering that course. As a matter of fact, I had someone the other day say, Brother Lambert, I, I, I've been thinking about ordering that course. I was in another state recently, I think in the state of Florida, preaching recently, and someone came up to me and said, I'm, I'm studying that Bible course. And, and I, I, there are people all over the United States that are studying this course. We have people in so many different foreign countries that are studying it. How much does it cost, you may ask? Absolutely nothing. It's free. We just want to send it to you so you can get to know your Bible. And we want to send it to you today. And now we're going to pause so you can learn more about the Bible course, and so that you can learn how to receive this free Bible correspondence course.
0: To help you in your study of the Bible, We want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580. Or call toll free 1 877 711 5214.
1: I'd like to read now from the book of Colossians, the third chapter, verse 18, and I'll be reading through verse 21. Wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, and do not be bitter toward them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord, Fathers do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. What is the one clue that Christ is real in your life? For well, what is the one thing that would let others know that Christ is important to you? that, that he is the center and the core? of everything that you do in your life? Is it the amount of money that you may give on the Lord's day? Is it the number of worship services that you attend? Is it the number of Bible verses that you may have memorized? Is it the frequency with which you pray? Now I don't want you to misunderstand all of those things are important in living the Christian life. But I want to suggest to you that you might be able to do all of those things and Jesus still may not be real in your life. The one place that Christ is seen to be real and affecting your life is what goes on in your home. You see, we need to see what goes on at home. And it is at home that we can tell if you are living a life of meekness. It is at home that we can tell if you are loving it is at home that we can tell if you're forgiving. It is at home that we can tell if you're compassionate. You see, you, if we find out what goes on in your home, that's where we find out if Jesus really means something in your life. That's not where we find out if what we profess on Sunday is real on Monday. Now in the verses that we just read here from Colossians, the third chapter, Paul tells us some things that relate to Christ being real in our life. Well, one of the ways that we know that if Christianity is serious business with you, if trying to be a Christian means everything to you, number one, is the way that a wife treats her husband. Notice again verse number 18. Wives, submit to your own husbands as it is fitting in the Lord. What does that mean, wives, submit to your own husbands? let me tell you what it does not mean. It does not mean that the wife is inferior to her husband it does not mean that the husband is superior to the wife. It just simply means that there's a difference in roles in the home. And the wife is to submit to her husband. Let me give you some examples where submission comes into play in other areas in life. The Bible teaches in Romans the 13th chapter and verse 1, that all people, all Christians, are to submit themselves to the higher powers. Romans 13, 1. Because those higher powers are of God. That just simply means that if I'm out on the highway and driving my automobile, and if I were to get a little over the speed limit and an officer should pull me over, and he were to ask for my driver's license, and he were to ask my insurance card and my registration, I'm to hand those to him. And I'm to be submissive to that officer. That doesn't mean that he is superior to me and I'm inferior. It just simply means that he's functioning in a different role than I'm functioning in. He's functioning in the role of making sure that the laws are obeyed. It is my responsibility to be submissive to the law and to be submissive to those that enforce the law. Let me give you another example of submission. That's found in the 13th chapter of Hebrews in verse 17. Obey those that have the rule over you. Talking about Christians in the local church, being submissive to those who are their elders. And that doesn't mean that the elders are superior and that the members are inferior. There is a difference in function. There is a difference in roles. The elders are charged with the oversight of the church, and the church is charged with the following of the leadership of those who serve as elders. Let me give you another example of submission. In 1 Timothy, the second chapter, and verse 12, the Bible says that women are to, uh, to, uh, not to usurp authority over the man, but they are to, uh, not to teach nor to usurp authority over the man. And that's in the public worship. Does that mean that in the public worship that the man is superior and the woman is inferior? Absolutely not. But God has designated a role for each in that assembly. Submission involves following the example and following the leadership of those before us. Submission also involves concern for the best interest of other people. As a citizen of this nation, I I am to be submissive to the higher powers because I am concerned about the best interest of all the other citizens of this nation. Now, wives are to look out for the best interest of their husbands. The Bible teaches it's wrong for her to try to dominate him, it's wrong for her to disregard his wishes. It would be wrong for her to use manipulation in trying to get her way. Paul said that she is to submit as it is fitting in the Lord. It's fitting that she treat him with respect as did Sarah of old in a relationship to her husband, 1 Peter 3, verse 1 through 7. It is fitting that she live so as to be trusted by her husband. As is described in Proverbs the 31st chapter, verses 10 through 12, the heart of her husband does safely trust in her uh, so that he shall have no need of spoil. And so the wife is to submit herself to her husband. Now you can know whether Christ is real in your life by the way that a wife treats her husband in the home. And you can find out how well Christianity is working in your life by the way that a husband treats his wife. Look in verse 19. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter against them. I want you to notice the part of the passage that says do not be bitter. I remember growing up on the farm that we we had cattle, we had cows that we would uh, milk at the close of the day and there were some things growing out in the field that we called bitter weeds and when you would drink the milk from those cows you could tell when they had been in the bitter weeds because their milk would taste bitter. Bitterness has no place in your heart. The Bible says be kind one to another tender hearted forgiving one another. You see kindness and tender heartedness drives bitterness away. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 15 talks about the the root of bitterness springing up. There's many a relationship that has been destroyed because someone became bitter about various things. And maybe right now I'm speaking to someone who's having difficulty in your marriage. And you get down to the bottom line of it and there's some bitterness involved. Rather than being bitter, let's try to be better. To overcome bitterness, learn to love your spouse With the love of Jesus. The Bible says, husbands, love your wives. Even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. In order to overcome this spirit of bitterness and that root of bitterness, learn to treat your spouse as you'd want to be treated. Jesus said, Whatsoever you would that men should do unto you, do you also unto them. I fear that some have no clue about how to treat other people. If you would do away with this bitterness, not only do you treat as you would be treated, but treat with kindness. Treat with kindness. Don't abuse your spouse verbally. And, of course, never abuse your spouse physically. And it is just as damaging to destroy the the self-esteem of your spouse with verbal abuse as it is to destroy the body of your spouse with physical abuse. Both are damaging. So don't be bitter treat with kindness the one who pledged to live with you till death do you part. To to overcome this bitter feeling, treat with compassion. In Colossians, the third chapter, notice verses 13 and 14. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another, if any one has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on love which is the bond Of perfectness. But back in the twelfth verse he said, put on kindness, humility, meekness, tender mercies. That is, be compassionate. Sometimes we treat other people with a lot more compassion than we do the people that love us. And, and, and in the language of James, in the third chapter of James, my brethren, these things ought not so to be. Do not be bitter. And then the, the, a husband has a responsibility of being the spiritual leader at home. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Could, could I ask you, sir, do you ever pray with your wife You said now, Brother Lambert, you're getting awfully personal now. Now, let me ask you, sir. we're, We're talking about Jesus being real in your life, being real at home. And you're being a spiritual leader. To be a real man, I mean a man's kind of man, you need to stand up and you need to lead spiritually in your home and of all of the people in all of the world with whom you ought to pray, surely, just surely, it ought to be your wife. You need to spend time trying to be a better husband and not be a bitter husband. But but the way that we can tell how well Christ is working in your life, and if Jesus is real to you, is the way that children treat their parents. Notice here in verse number 20. Children, obey your parents in all things. Well, this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Now, what that means, young people, is you don't ever disregard your parents' desires. Parallel reference to this in the book of Ephesians says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. But this is right. I can remember my mother telling me when I was just a child, she would say to me, Billy, when you disobey me, it's just like you disobeying God. And I couldn't understand as a child how that could be. But I can see today that's right. But when I disobeyed my mother, it was as though I was disobeying God because I was rebelling against the one that God has charged with being my mother and being the one who helped set me on the road in life. Absalom was a son of David and he rebelled against his father. And the rebellion of Absalom proved to be his downfall. Young people need to treat their parents with respect. They, They need to show appreciation for their parents. They need to speak to their parents with respect. I have witnessed young people talking to their parents In such a disrespectful way. I I can remember saying to my mother one day. I was on one side of the house. She was on the other side of the house. She called out to me. And when she called my name I said the one word. I said what? And as a result of just saying that one word. She called me to the kitchen where she kept the strap. She said, when she whipped me, she says, don't you ever answer me that way again. I said, no ma'am, I won't. I learned my lesson young in life to speak with respect. But I'm seeing today a totally different way of life. The young people don't respect their parents. And the reason is the parents do not demand that respect. It's a good thing we're not living under the Old Testament law. Do you know why? (laughs) Under the Old Testament law, rebellious children were stoned to death. Can I say something to you, young man, young woman? One day, your mother and daddy will be gone. Treat them right now. And that's the way that you can tell how much Jesus really means in your life. It is the way that you treat your mother and the way you treat your daddy and the way you talk to them. I could only wish that my mother and dad were still alive so that I could tell them one more time how much I love them. There are so many times that I wish I could sit down with my dad again and talk to him about something that's going on, and getting his advice about it. But you see, all of those days are gone now. We need to treat parents right while they're alive. But then again, another way that you can tell how well Christianity is going on in your life, and whether Jesus is real in your life, is the way that parents treat their children. Listen listen to verse 21 again. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Don't provoke your children to anger. Don't don't stir them up. Don't excite them. Don't stimulate them. That's actually what this means, to provoke them. Don't stir them up, excite them, stimulate them. Don't provoke them to anger. And the reason is, it will discourage them. We may provoke our children so as to discourage them, I think, in a number of ways. One way that we might provoke our children is expecting too much out of them. Don't expect a child of ten to act and be as mature as a child of 20. If you do, you're expecting too much. We might discourage that child of 10 by expecting that child of 10 to be as mature as a child of 20. We can provoke our children and discourage our children by trying to make them fit into our mold. Here's a dad, for example who is a, a, an athletic sort. He's a ball enthusiast. He loves football. He loves baseball. He likes basketball. And he has a son who's just not necessarily athletically inclined. Maybe doesn't have the bill for it. it doesn't have, maybe is more suited to play music. But that dad is determined That he is going to make an athlete out of that boy. Do you know what you're going to do? By trying to make that boy fit into your mold. You're going to discourage him. You're going to discourage him. I think that we can discourage our children and provoke them to discouragement. By being overly strict. Somebody says don't you believe in discipline? Absolutely. I believe, in being a, I believe that children need more discipline today. But you can be so strict that when they do get out on their own, they begin to flap their wings too much and to enjoy their freedom too much to get out from under, under your restricting thumb. And then they begin to do things that disappoint you. Use balance and common sense in your discipline. I think another way that we may provoke our children to discouragement is by a negative atmosphere. If all your children ever hear is, you can't do anything right, or you're stupid, or you don't have any sense, or you're just like your daddy, you're going to discourage them. Well, I I hate to tell you, but our children are, are, are reflections of us. My son says, now, the longer I live, the more I see what he says is right, that the fruit doesn't fall far from the tree. Our children don't need discouraging. They need encouragement. And we need to, not to provoke them to anger, but in the language of Hebrews 10, 24, let us provoke them unto love and good works. Our children are but reflect, Reflections of those who reared them. I read an article about some boys that lived in the inner city. It was expected that 90% of those boys would end up in prison. Well, guess what? Only 2% of them did. And they were asked what did they attribute to their success. And they said it was a teacher that they had in school who loved them. And those boys were a reflection of that teacher. You see, life is an echo. We treat other people right, comes back to us. And love is an anchor that's going to keep us afloat on the rough seas of life. And love suffers long, and it is kind, and it envies not, and it vaunteth not itself, and it's not puffed up. And then finally, Paul said that love never fails. If there's one place that Jesus ought to be real, it ought to be in your home and in mine. That's how you can tell if Christ really means something. Does he mean enough to you today that you become a Christian if you're not one and make your home a Christian home? Would you do that today? By believing on Christ, by repenting of your sins, by confessing your faith in Christ, by being baptized into Christ for the remission of your sins. I'd encourage you to do that. Make your home a Christian home. Your children may not have a right to many things, but let me tell you, they have a right to a Christian mother. They have a right to a Christian daddy. Make your home one where Jesus lives every day. Make him real, real in your home. I want to thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, May the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer.
0: Give me the Bible, holy message, my life shall guide me in the narrow way. Promise, till shall in day. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580 or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles.